when you begin to think back about what your life was like before you met Jesus Christ, you will be thankful. And I believe that's the reason this leper was thankful. Preaching the old-time gospel. With a fresh anointing to to a new generation. This is Saved to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall. We all have reasons to be thankful, but are we? In the Gospel of Luke, there's a story of ten lepers that got healed by Jesus. Just one came back to thank him. During this week of Thanksgiving, it's good to remember where we've been and what God has done in our lives. Today, Brian brings us a message from Luke 17, looking at the life of this thankful leper and how we can learn from him. So turn in your Bible to Luke 17, beginning at verse 11, for a message entitled, The Leper That Teaches Us to Be Thankful. Here's Brian. Today we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, beginning with verse 11. And the title of the message today is The Leper That Teaches Us to Be Thankful. This is a season of thanksgiving, and any time that we're in that season, it makes us mindful of the fact that we have many things to be thankful for, and that we ought to be expressing our thankfulness to God. And yet, if you're like me, and and you're blessed, and God has provided all the things in your life that you need, but many times we begin to take those things for granted, and uh, we, we're not as thankful as we ought to be. But in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, beginning in verse 11, we read a story about 10 lepers, 10 men that had leprosy, and they had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And one of those men ended up being healed of his leprosy. And we see in this story a man that not only was thankful, but we see a story that tells us why this man was thankful. And I believe that the very same reasons that this man uh, had to be thankful and the very things that caused him to come back to Jesus and express his thankfulness, I believe that if we look at this story and we look at these scriptures and we ask the Holy Spirit to teach us and speak to us through this uh, passage of scripture, I believe that some of the very same things that caused this man to be thankful are really true of us and, and that some of these same things are going on in our life. And for these very same reasons, we ought to be more thankful. And so let's read the story. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. And the scripture says, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, that is Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village there, he met 10 men who were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice he began to glorify God. And he fell down on his face at his feet and gave him thanks. And he was a Samaritan." And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten men that were cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go your way. Thy faith hath made you whole. So we see in this story a man that had leprosy, actually ten men that had leprosy. And as Jesus is traveling in his ministry, he passes through the town, the area where these men are at, and these men cry out to Jesus Christ for mercy, and Jesus tells them what they need to do in order to be healed of their leprosy. And as these 10 men respond to Jesus in obedience and do what he told them to do, all of them are healed. They're cleansed of their leprosy. And one of those men, realizing that he's been healed, he turns back and goes to Jesus and expresses how thankful he is for what Jesus has done for him. You know, all of us today are just like that leper. Every single one of us have many things to be thankful for. Not only did Jesus Christ bless his life, not only did Jesus Christ heal this man and do the things that this man needed for him to do, but Jesus has done for all of us those things that we could not do for ourselves. 
The Bible says that 2,000 years ago, that God became flesh. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He wrapped himself in flesh. He was born of a virgin. And he did that because we, as his creation, had sinned against him. And we were under the penalty of our sin. And the Bible says that the penalty for sin is death. Every one of us had sinned. All of us were under a death penalty. And just like this leper was helpless to do anything about his disease, he was helpless to heal or cure himself. We were the same way. There was nothing we could do. We all had sinned. We were all under a death sentence. We were all dying from the sin. And Jesus Christ came and did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He lived a sinless, perfect life. He went to the cross and he gave his body as a sacrificial atonement for our sin. And he shed his blood on the cross and he died. He gave his very life in order that the penalty of our sin might be paid. Every one of us have a reason to be thankful today. Jesus Christ has given us not only the ability to have an abundant life here on this earth, not only has he shown benevolence to us in providing us everything that we have, anything that we would look at in our life and say, I have a house, I have a car, I have clothes, I have an education, I have a family, whatever it is, Every single one of those things ultimately has come from the hand of God. So we have a reason to be thankful. And the greatest thing that Jesus did was provide a way for us to have eternal life. You see, he's not just blessed us on this earth. He's not just given us abundant life here on this earth, but he's made a way so we could have an abundant life in eternity with him in heaven. But you know, it's not always easy to be thankful. Uh, we're sinful and uh, many times we're just like young children, any of us that have had children, and I've had a child, and, and we remember when they were little, and uh, we did everything for them and provided everything for them. And, and children, they get used to that. That's what mom and daddy's job is. Their job is to provide everything for me. And so it's easy for a child just to begin to take that for granted and, and uh, not show thankfulness because they just expect that the parent is going to give me what I need. The parent is always going to provide the things that I need in my life. And it's easy for a young child in that type of situation where the parent's giving them everything that they need, providing for every detail of their life. It's easy for the child to just begin to take that for granted and to become unthankful. And we're children. God is our heavenly father. And it's easy for us to be just like those young children. God has given us everything and he's blessed us with everything. And yet it's easy for us to begin to just take that for granted and not be as thankful as we ought to be. And all of us know people probably that maybe their personality is they're a little grouchy. They're a little negative. Uh, they always see the glass half empty. They're just people that just naturally are not that thankful. And then probably some of us know people that are different than that. They, they seem to be more naturally thankful. They seem to be more naturally joyful and, and have a more positive attitude. I heard of a preacher one time, and he was especially known for being a man that was joyful and happy, and, and he was always seeing the brighter side of things, and he always tried to communicate that to his congregation. And so uh, he, when he would preach on Sunday morning, before he would preach, he would, uh, he would usually have a pastoral prayer. And in that pastoral prayer, he was always thanking God for all of the blessings, all of the things that God had done. And uh, through the years, of course, there were Sundays when uh, there had been a difficult week or tragedy in the nation or in families within the church or difficulty. And people would always be amazed that, that no matter what had been going on, the pastor could always express thankfulness to God in that prayer. He just never was negative. He, no matter what had been going on, he would always find something to be thankful for. And this particular Sunday morning, it was a winter, and the weather was as bad as it had ever been. And it was uh, snowing, and it had been sleeting, and, and uh, had been very cold all week long. And that particular day, uh, there weren't very many people at church because the weather was just so bad, so nasty. Uh, people couldn't remember the last time when there had been a day where the weather had been that bad. And everybody was kind of there waiting for the, the service to start. And some of the people were saying, there's no way that our pastor can find something to be thankful for today. Uh, even he will have to admit 
that this is just a horrible, nasty day. And so they did singing and uh, all the things that were going on in the service, and it got time for the pastoral prayer. And everybody was kind of tuned in because they just knew that there was no way the pastor could have something to be thankful about that day. And so as the pastor began to pray, he said, Lord, we thank you that not all days are like this day. You see, when you want to be thankful, you can find something to be thankful for. And when you don't want to be thankful, when you're just overlooking all of the blessings and things that are going on around us, then it's easy to become ungrateful. And all of us have had times in our life when we were not as thankful or grateful to other people and especially to God as we ought to be. I remember uh, seeing a Charlie Brown cartoon one time, and in the cartoon, in the captions, what was going on, it was Thanksgiving. And Charlie Brown and Lucy and Linus and all of the gang were in the house, and they were celebrating Thanksgiving, and they were gathered around a big table, and they were getting ready to eat, and they had a big turkey, and they had all of the dressing and the trimmings, and uh, they just had a bountiful harvest of food that they were getting ready to eat. And in the cartoon, Charlie Brown goes out before they eat, and he, he's going out to feed Snoopy. He's going out to feed the dog who's out by the doghouse. And of course, when Snoopy sees Charlie Brown coming, he assumes that he's going to get a lot of good food, like they're eating on the inside. But when Charlie Brown gets out there, all he has for Snoopy is just canned dog food. And he puts it in the dish, and of course, Snoopy's kind of looking at him like, you know, what are you doing? Why, why am I getting canned dog food and you're eating, you know, all this good food inside? Why can't I have that good food? And Charlie Brown just turns around and walks away from Snoopy and leaves him sitting there looking at his dish. And Charlie Brown goes back in the house. And in the last caption, Snoopy is looking toward the house and he's looking through the uh, big window and he can see Charlie Brown and all of the people in there around the table eating all of that good food. And Snoopy looks down at his dog food, and he says, well, I guess I can still be thankful. I guess I could have been a turkey. And you see, uh, even Snoopy could find something to be thankful for. He was eating dog food, but he realized, I still have a reason to be thankful. I could have been a turkey. And my friends, listen, today, we have a choice. We have an ability to choose to be thankful and in the story that I read, you'll notice that there were 10 men and all 10 of those men were healed. All 10 of those men were given a very precious gift by God. And yet only one of those men came back and expressed thankfulness. The other men just took it for granted. The other men didn't take time to be thankful. And that's such a picture of what's going on in the world and in the society that we live in today. God has blessed us. He's blessed this nation that we live in above all the nations of the world. He's blessed many of us and our families above most of the people on this earth as far as physical and financial and material things are concerned. We are a blessed people. And yet it's easy to begin to take those blessings for granted and not be as thankful as we ought to be. So let's see if we can't learn a lesson from this leper that came back to give thanks to Jesus in this passage of Scripture. The first reason I think this leper was thankful was because he remembered what his life was like before he met Jesus Christ. You see, the day that Jesus passed by, this leper had been living as a leper for a long time. And he knew what it was to live with leprosy. And I believe one of the things that made this man so thankful is because he was willing to remember what his life was like before he met Jesus Christ and before he received the healing of his leprosy. And what was his life like? Well, his life was full of physical pain. You see, leprosy would start off very small somewhere on the body, maybe on your hands or fingers, and it just looked like a simple sore that probably was not even anything to worry about. But leprosy would very quickly begin to spread, and it caused pain. 
Uh, it would literally rot parts of your body off. People that had leprosy bad, literally their fingers, their toes could literally fall off of their body from the decay. It was painful. It was, uh, it was not just physically painful. It was emotionally painful. Because if you had leprosy, it was disfiguring. It would disfigure your face. It would disfigure the parts of your body. And when people saw you, they would be repulsed. They, they would turn away because uh, it would disfigure your body. And they, they didn't even want to look on you. So it, it was emotionally painful to have leprosy. It was a social stigma. When people had leprosy, nobody could be around them. Nobody wanted to touch them. Nobody wanted to eat with them. They were an outcast from society. They had to literally live separated in leprosy colonies. They couldn't live with the regular population. They couldn't live with the rest of their family. They had to live on the outskirts of the cities with other lepers and leper colonies. This leprosy caused brokenness in their relationships. If a husband got leprosy, he had to go away from his wife, from his children, from his mother, his father. Uh, Leprosy was something that destroyed relationships. Leprosy caused a person to be unclean, not just physically, but in the culture that this man lived in, because he had leprosy, he was considered to be spiritually unclean. He could not go to the temple. He could not go uh, and be with other people as they worshiped, and he could not worship God at the temple himself. Leprosy made people sick, and it didn't just make them a little bit sick. Over time, many people, most people would die from the effects of the leprosy because there was no cure for leprosy. There was no medicine for this leprosy. Most people that got leprosy eventually died from the disease. And you know, this man remembered what it was like. And so you can imagine as he receives this healing from Jesus and he's remembering this awful disease, he's remembering all of these awful things that came from being a leper. And all of a sudden he realizes, I've been healed, I've been cleansed, I'm no longer going to be in pain anymore, I'm no longer going to be a social outcast anymore, I'm no longer going to have to live separated from my family anymore, my relationships are not going to be broken anymore, I'm going to be able to worship. God. I'm not going to be unclean anymore. I'm not going to be sick anymore. My friends, let me tell you, when the man realized where he had come from, when he realized what his life was like before he met Jesus Christ, it caused him to be very, very thankful. I'm convinced that you and I would be more thankful if we would remember what our lives were like before Jesus Christ. Because you see, if we have been saved, if we have come into relationship with Jesus Christ through faith, and if we have been forgiven of our sins, and if we have been cleansed of our sin, and if we have been born again into the family of God, then my friends, one of the things that's going to make us thankful is remembering where we were before we met Jesus Christ. Let's look at it again. What was life like for this man before he met Christ? Well, people with leprosy were isolated in intimacy with God. They, they couldn't go to the temple. They couldn't worship God. Uh, their intimacy with God was broken, was taken away because of this leprosy. And that's the same thing that sin does. You see, we have a type of leprosy, spiritual leprosy. And that leprosy, that spiritual leprosy is sin. And every single one of us that are sinners that have not been forgiven, that have not been cleansed, that have not been saved, the Bible says that not only are we not in the family of God, we're enemies of God. We're alienated from God. We have been separated from God. And there's no way that we can be in a right relationship with him. There's no way that we can be where he is or he can be where we are because of this spiritual leprosy in our life. A leper also was an outcast from their family. Uh, They couldn't live with their spouse. They couldn't live with their children. They couldn't visit their mother and father. They were literally spiritual outcasts from their immediate physical family because of this leprosy. Well, spiritual leprosy, sin, separates us from the family of God. We're not in the family of God if we have not had our sins forgiven and cleansed. Uh, In fact, we're enemies of God. We're alienated from God. Jesus told the Pharisees in the New Testament, you know, your father is not God. 
Jesus said, uh, your father is the devil. Why was their father the devil? Because they couldn't be in the family of God. They were alienated from the family of God because of their sin. And so that is the very same thing that happens to us. Before we are saved, before we give our lives to Christ, we can't even be in the family of God. We are outcast of the family of God. And then third, every part of the leper's life was corrupted by the leprosy. It literally corrupted their bodies. It, it corrupted them uh, spiritually. They were made dirty. They were made defiled by the disease that they had, by leprosy. Or at least that was the way uh, their society perceived it, that they were diseased, that they were corrupted because of their leprosy. And that's, in fact, what sin, that's what spiritual leprosy does. It defiles us. It corrupts us. The Bible says that for a lost person, the best thing that we have to offer God is like filthy rags. You see, when I'm lost, before I'm saved, before I'm forgiven of my sin, before I am made right through the blood of Jesus Christ, the best that I have in my life is corrupted. The best that I have in my life is unclean. It's dirty. It's defiled. And then finally, we see that the leper that is unhealed is ultimately going to die because of his leprosy. The ultimate consequence of leprosy that was not healed was death. People died from leprosy. They suffered all of their life, and they got sicker and sicker, and ultimately it would take their life. They would die from the disease. And my friends, that's what happens when we have spiritual leprosy, sin. You see, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. You may not feel like you're dying today. You may not die physically tomorrow, but I will guarantee you biblically that if you are a sinner that has not been forgiven, if you are lost and have never come in faith and repentance to Jesus Christ, you do have sin in your life, and the wages of that sin, the penalty of that sin, the consequence of that sin is death, and that death is in the process of happening. Your body is in the process of decay. Your soul has been corrupted. And ultimately, you will die physically one day. And you won't just die physically, but the Bible says that if you die without Jesus Christ, that you will die spiritually and that you will experience the second death, the spiritual death, which is ultimate separation from God in hell. And so we see that the disease of leprosy parallels very much the spiritual disease of sin. And yet this leper, who was a leper, who was unclean, who was sick, who was living separated from his family, and all of the negative things that went along with leprosy, every one of those he was experiencing. And yet when he met Jesus Christ, something happened in his life. He was healed. He was changed. He was made whole. All of those negative things passed away, and behold, everything became new and alive and fresh and healed in his life. And my friends, Jesus could do that for lepers in the Bible, and he can do that for spiritual lepers today. And I'm telling you that if you've been saved, if you know what it's like to be a sinner that's separated from God, that's on the way to hell, that's under the penalty of death, if you know what it's like to have lived like that, and then you know what it's like for Jesus to have passed by and healed you and forgiven you and saved you and filled you with his spirit and brought you into his family, and all of a sudden you're no longer an enemy of God, but you're a child of God. Uh, you're no longer on the way to hell, but you're on the way to heaven. You're not only, you're no longer experiencing the consequences of your sin, but you're experiencing the blessings of the promises of God. My friend, let me tell you, if you've ever had that experience, when you begin to think back about what your life was like before you met Jesus Christ, you will be thankful. And I believe that's the reason this leper was thankful. But not only that, the leper was not just thankful because he remembered what his life was like before he met Jesus Christ. The leper was thankful because of what he experienced when he met Jesus Christ. The leper was thankful because of what he experienced when 
he met Jesus Christ. And what did he experience? Well, the first thing, he met a loving heavenly father that was willing to come to him because he could not go to Jesus. Notice what the scripture says in verses 11 and 12. And as Jesus entered into a certain village there, he met 10 men who were lepers, which stood afar off. Well, the reason they were standing afar off is because they couldn't approach anybody. It was against the law. If they had leprosy, they could not go up and interact and get close to people. They had to stand far off. They had to, they had to begin to yell out and to cry out when people would begin to approach them and say, we're unclean. We're unclean. We're lepers. You have to stay away from us and we have to stay away from you. You see, the leper was unable to come to Jesus. But Jesus, as a loving heavenly father, Jesus came to the lepers. They couldn't come to him, so he came to them. He did not what nobody else was willing to do. He did what nobody else could do. He came to them. And my friends, that's the very same thing that Jesus has done for us. Every single one of us were sinners that were separated from God. We were under the penalty of death. We could not have come to God if we wanted to, and we didn't even want to. We were sinners. We were, we were living in sin. We were walking away from God. We were running away from God. We were alienated from God. We were enemies of God. And yet, that is the very moment that God came to us. He came to us because we couldn't go to him. He made a way so that we could come to him by coming to us. And the second thing that we see that happened when Jesus came to the lepers, they met a Savior that was willing to hear their cry for mercy. They not only met a loving Heavenly Father that was willing to come to them because they couldn't go to him, but they met a gracious Savior that was willing to hear their cries for mercy. And we see that in verse 13. The scripture says, And the lepers lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They couldn't come close to where Jesus was, but they stood afar off and they began to cry out. And what were they crying out? They were crying out, Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Uh, sometimes we get confused between grace and mercy, and they are very similar. Grace is when God gives us what we don't deserve, and mercy is when God doesn't give us what we do deserve. And what did these men deserve? Well, they were lepers. They deserved to be outcasts. They deserved to be unclean. They deserved to live separated from God and separated from other people because of their leprosy. That was what they deserved. And yet they were crying out to Jesus and saying, have mercy on us. Give us what we don't deserve. We know that we deserve to be living out here. We know that we deserve to be yelling that we're unclean. We know that we deserve to be isolated from the temple. We know that we deserve all those things. But please have mercy on us. Don't give us what we deserve. Give us mercy. And you see, we're the same way. Do you know what we've received when we met Jesus Christ? We didn't receive what we deserve. The Bible says that a sinner deserves one thing, and that's death. A sinner deserves one thing, and that's punishment in hell. A sinner deserves one thing, and that's separation from God forever and ever and ever. And yet God, Jesus Christ, has not given us what we deserved. If we're saved today, he's not given us what we've deserved. He's given us what we don't deserve. We deserve justice. We deserve punishment. But thankfully, he gave us mercy instead. He gave us forgiveness. He gave us love. He gave us compassion. He gave us cleansing. He gave us his Holy Spirit. He gave us the ability to call him father, daddy. He gave us the ability to be have an abundant life on this earth rather than, than having a horrible life that was destroyed through the spiritual sin of leprosy. He gave us the opportunity to spend eternity with him in heaven rather than to be separated from him in hell. The leper was thankful because of what he experienced when he met Jesus Christ. And again, what he experienced was a loving heavenly father that was willing to come to him because he couldn't go to Jesus. 
What he experienced was a savior that was willing to hear his cry for mercy. And then finally, what he experienced when he met Jesus, he met a great and divine physician that could heal his disease if he would do what Jesus said, if he would respond to Jesus by faith. And I want you to think about that. This leper, when he met Jesus, when he came into the presence of Jesus, he met a great and divine physician that could heal his leprosy, that could heal his disease. There was nothing anybody could do for leprosy. In the time that this man lived, there was no doctor that could cure leprosy. There was no hospital to go to that had a cure for leprosy. There was no medicine to take. There was nothing physically that could be done to cure leprosy. The only way that leprosy could be cured was through a divine miracle. Only if God intervened in the person's life could they be healed. And that's exactly what happened. When this man met Jesus Christ, he met the one person that could change his life. He met the one person that could bring healing to his physical body. He, he met the one person that could make him clean. He met the one person that could keep him from dying and give him life. And my friends, let me tell you something. That is exactly why you and I should be thankful today. We should be thankful first and foremost as we remember what our life was like before we met Jesus Christ and we remember what it is that he brought us out of. But then we should also be thankful because of what happened to us when we met Jesus Christ. And one of the things that happened to us is exactly what happened to this leper. We met a great and divine physician, Jesus the one that created us, the one that loves us, the one that sustains our life, the one that gives us the ability to breathe another breath, the one that gives our heart the ability to take another beat, the one that holds our life and the universe in the palm of his hand. We met that great and divine physician, and we had spiritual leprosy. We had sin, and the Bible says that there's no cure for sin. You and I can't be religious enough. We can't be good enough. There's, there's no amount of good works that we can do. There's absolutely nothing that a sinner can do to save himself from sin. Once we have sin, there's only one way that sin can be forgiven. There's only one way that it can be cleansed. There's only one way that it can be taken away. There's only one way that we can escape the ultimate penalty of death that sin brings. And that is if we meet the divine physician, Jesus Christ, and if we respond to him in faith and do what he asks us to do. And what did these men have to do? Uh, well, Jesus told these men in verse 14, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And yet it was not the showing themselves to the priest. It wasn't the priest that had power to heal them. It wasn't the church. It wasn't some religious ritual that ultimately brought healing to their body because the Bible says that when Jesus told them to go and to show themselves to the priest, the Bible says that as they turned and as they started to go and do what Jesus told them to do by faith, they realized, they saw, they perceived that healing had come to their body. And so you see the thing that healed them, Jesus, and the way that healing was applied to their life was through faith. They responded. They didn't say, well, well, there's nothing the priest can do, or there's nothing the church can do, or there's nothing that mankind can do, or, you know, we don't believe that that's going to help anything. They could have come up with a million excuses not to do what Jesus told them to do. They could have come up with a million excuses to be disobedient. And yet every one of these 10 men, when Jesus told them what they needed to do to be healed, they responded in faith and they did what Jesus told them to do. And when they did that, their faith brought healing to them through the power of Jesus Christ. What happens to us when we meet Jesus Christ? Well, if we meet Jesus Christ, we meet the divine physician that has the only power that there is that can forgive our sin. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we will confess our sin, that he, Jesus, is able to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 
every single sin that we've ever committed, Jesus Christ can forgive us and he can cleanse us and he can wash us as white as snow. There is no person on this earth that has ever lived that has sinned so bad that they cannot be forgiven by Jesus Christ. There is nobody living today that has walked so far away from God that they cannot be forgiven and cleansed through Jesus Christ. But when he comes and when he speaks to us, we must respond to him in faith. We must put our faith in Christ and in Christ alone. The church cannot save you. Your religion cannot save you. Your denomination cannot save you. Your good works, your money, nothing that you have, nothing that you do can save you. We must turn to Jesus like these lepers, and we must put our faith in him and in him alone and believe that there's nothing or no one else that has the power to take away the stain and penalty of sin in our life. And yet, you know, as we think about this man was thankful because of what Jesus did for him when he met Jesus. And many of us, you know, we have met Jesus Christ. And I'm 47 years old, and I got saved when I was 17, when I was in the 11th grade in high school. And that's been many, many years. And, you know, as those years go by, it's easy for me to begin to take for granted what Jesus Christ did for me when I met him. It's easy for me to begin to just take for granted, not be as thankful, not be as passionately thankful as I ought to be for what Jesus Christ did for me when I met him, because it just, it becomes so normal. It becomes so much a part of my life that I just kind of begin to take it for granted. You know, I, let's use the example of, of the stars in heaven, the stars that we see as we look up in the night sky. What if God only allowed those stars in the skies, in the heavens? What if he only allowed those stars to be visible one night every year? One night a year, 364 nights, you couldn't see the stars. They did not shine. We couldn't see them. They were there, but they were not visible to us. But what if God had created things in such a way that those stars were only visible once a year? What would happen? How, how, how would that change the way we see those stars. Well, we wouldn't be as familiar. We wouldn't see it all the time. We wouldn't have the opportunity to, to look at them all the time. And probably if it was something that we only could see once a year, I mean, it would cause a stir. I mean, the several weeks before that day, the news media and newspapers and, and television, they would be talking about, you know, the night's coming, the night's coming when we can see the stars. And, and they would be interviewing people about it and people would be getting excited. And probably on the night, that one night a year when the stars were visible, people would stay up at night. They'd get up out of their beds, maybe go out into the yard, maybe lay out in the grass and look up into the skies because it would be something so special, so unique that we wanted to see it. We wanted to be there to experience it. And yet, the stars are there all the time. And they're just as wonderful every night as they are if they were just there once a year. And yet, because they're there all the time, because of the fact that it's just an everyday part of our life and our existence, we begin to take the awesomeness of those stars for granted. So much so that most of us, not only are we not thankful for them, most of us don't even take time to look up at them. And you know, I believe that's the same thing that happens with us spiritually. Those of us that have been changed by Jesus Christ some years ago, some decades ago, some months ago, all of a sudden it becomes so much an everyday part of our life to have God as our Savior, uh, to have forgiveness, to have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, to be a part of the family of God, to have God as our Heavenly Father. All of a sudden, being a Christian and being saved and being forgiven and being born again and having the blessings of God's Word as, as the promises of our life, that becomes so normal, so mundane, so routine that all of a sudden I take it for granted and I'm not nearly as thankful as I ought to be. But my friends, let me tell you something. It's not a routine thing what Jesus Christ has done for us, those of us that know him by faith. It's not a simple thing. It's not anything to take for granted if you've been born again into the family of God. 
We need to be like this leper. We need to be thankful as we remember what our life was like before we met Jesus Christ. And we need to be especially thankful as we remember what happened and what Jesus Christ did for us when we met him. And then thirdly, we see that the leper was thankful because he got to live the rest of his life with Jesus. The leper was thankful because he got to live the rest of his life with Jesus. Verse 14 says, And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, and with a loud voice he glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, and he gave thanks to him, and he was a Samaritan. That word there says, and as he went, he saw that he had been healed. That Greek word means to see or to know or to perceive. So as he was going to the priest, he looked at himself, and he could see that the leprosy was gone. He could see that he had been healed. He came to know that he had experienced a miracle. He came to know that he had been cleansed by Jesus Christ, healed by Jesus Christ. He perceived consciously that he had experienced a miracle. He began to perceive that he was no longer sick, but that he was whole. And as he saw that, as the understanding, as that knowledge came to him, as he began to perceive that, he turned back and he expressed his gratitude to Jesus Christ. And I believe that he did that because he became aware that because of his healing, because of this miracle that had taken place in his life, because of this cleansing that Jesus had done, that he was going to get to live the rest of his life with Jesus Christ. You see, today, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, we get to live the rest of our life with him. We get to live the rest of our life in his abundance. We get to live an abundant life with him here on this earth. And then when we die, we get to live an eternal life with him in heaven. You see, I hear people all the time, Christian people that have been saved and forgiven and brought into the family of God. I hear people like that all the time saying, well, I guess I have to go to church. I guess I have to read the Bible. I guess I have to pray. No, my friends, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, we don't have to go to church. We get to go to church. We don't have to read the Bible. We get to read the Bible. We don't have to spend time in prayer. We get to spend time in prayer. We don't have to give to him. We get to give to him. We don't have to serve him. We get to serve him. We don't have to worship him. We get to worship him. We don't have to spend time with him. We get to spend time with him. We get to spend every minute of every day with him because now that I'm saved, he's come and my body has become the temple of his Holy Spirit. He lives inside of me and he's going to be with me every moment of my life here on this earth. And the apostle Paul said that when I die, that to be absent from the body for the Christian is to be present with the Lord. As soon as I die physically, I'm going instantaneously to be with him forevermore in heaven. You see, the leper was thankful not just because he remembered what his life was like before Jesus, and not just because he remembered what happened when he met Jesus, but the leper was thankful because he got to spend the rest of his life with Jesus. And my friends, we do too. If we have come to a point in our lives, if there's ever been a time in our life where we acknowledged ourselves as a sinner, as a sinner that was unclean before God, as a sinner that was so sick with sin that we were under the penalty of death, if we've ever acknowledged that sin to God and confessed it to him and asked for his forgiveness and cleansing and received that forgiveness and cleansing, and if we've put our faith in Jesus and in Jesus alone like this leper did, then, my friends, we've been saved, and we're going to be able to spend eternity with him. And notice 
what it was like for this man to begin to spend time with Jesus. The first thing is that we see he began to worship Jesus with his mouth, verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice, he glorified God. And I believe that as we spend time with Jesus, one of the things we're going to do is glorify him, praise him with our mouth. I believe that when we get around people, we're not just going to be negative. We're not just going to be uh, griping and complaining. I believe that if we really have been changed by Jesus Christ, if we really do know Jesus Christ, if we really are living and walking and worshiping Jesus Christ, people are going to know that because we're going to be opening our mouth on a regular basis and we're going to be praising and thanking Jesus Christ for what he's done for us. But not only did he praise Jesus with his mouth, he praised Jesus with his whole body. It says in verse 16, and the man fell down on his face at the feet of Jesus and he gave him thanks and he was a Samaritan. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that we should give our whole body as a living sacrifice to Jesus Christ. You see, he doesn't just want 10% of our money. He doesn't just want 10% of our time. He doesn't just want us to go to church on Sunday for an hour or two and worship him. If we've truly been born again and saved and set free from the bondage of sin and cleansed and made a child of God, if we truly are in the family of God, he wants us to worship him. He wants us to spend our life giving him everything that we have and everything that we are. And that's what this man did. He worshiped him with his mouth. He gave him praise and thanksgiving with his mouth, but he gave him praise and thanksgiving with his whole body as he humbled himself, prostrate on the ground, and began to worship Jesus Christ for what he had done for him in his life. And then, indeed, he did worship him with his whole life, not just with his mouth and not just with his body, but listen to what happens in verse 19. And Jesus said unto him, Arise and go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. You know, this man was able to get up off the ground and he was able to go his way the rest of his life as a free man, as a healed man, as a cleansed man, as a man that had been changed by Jesus Christ. And you know, if we've been saved, God gives us that same opportunity. And we should not only praise him and thank him with our mouths, we should not just praise him and thank him with our bodies, our lives as a living sacrifice, but we should thank him every day as we get up and as we take up our cross daily and follow after him. As we go to work, as we go to school, as we go to our social events, as we go with our family, as we're rising up, as we're laying down, everything that we do, our life ought to be being lived for the Lord Jesus Christ as a testimony of how thankful we are for what he has done for us. And my friends, that is my prayer today. My prayer is that we will become more and more and more thankful and grateful people to a loving, gracious God that has provided a way for us to have an abundant life on this earth and an eternal life in heaven. And that's a choice. Every single one of us today can make a choice. We're either going to choose to be negative and we're going to choose to be ungrateful or we're going to make a conscious choice just like this leper. There were 10 of them that were healed and nine of them chose not to be thankful. And my friend, that's exactly what's going on around us in our world today. God has blessed our whole world. He has blessed our whole nation. There's nobody that we know that God has not blessed, that Jesus did not die for, that Jesus is not willing to forgive and to heal and to cleanse and to give eternal life to. And yet all of those people, a vast majority of those people, just like the vast majority of those lepers, they're not willing to humble themselves before Jesus Christ. They're not willing to worship him with their mouth, with their bodies, and with their life. They're not willing to show him the thankfulness and the gratitude that he deserves. But my friend, my prayer today is that we would not be like those nine ungrateful lepers. But my prayer today is that as we hear this story, this true historical story out of the Word of God, 
that we would let this leper's gratitude have an effect on us and that we would learn from this one sick man how important it is to be thankful to God and to other people and for the life that we've been given here on this earth and for the hope of eternal life that we've been given in heaven. May God make us more thankful and grateful today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thankfulness and gratefulness. Having both in our lives allows us to experience the salvation and abundant life Jesus Christ wants to give us. You've been listening to Save to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall, founder and president of Uttermost Evangelism. Brian's message, The Leper That Teaches Us to Be Thankful, is available for streaming and download at our website, uttermostevangelism.org. Just click on Sermons. While you're there, learn more about Brian and how the Lord has used him in proclaiming the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. Read the latest newsletter, follow Brian on Facebook, and learn about our mission strategy. Most of all, we'd like to send you a free copy of a booklet Brian has written entitled Salvation, Man's Greatest Need, God's Greatest Gift. In this book, Brian examines the five aspects of salvation, why all people need to be saved, how God has made our salvation possible, why anyone can be saved, what salvation really is, and how we receive God's gift of salvation. And we'd like to give you a copy free. Just download a copy on our website or ask for us to send you a printed copy when you contact us. And there are three ways to contact us. First, click on Contact when you visit uttermostevangelism.org. That's uttermostevangelism.org. Second, you can write us. Our mailing address is Uttermost Evangelism, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. Again, that's P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, P-O-N-T-O-T-O-C, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. And third, simply call us. Our phone number is 662-372-1912. 662-372-1912. Brian Tyndall is a full-time missionary evangelist and has planted churches, preached revivals, led evangelistic meetings. Plus, he's trained pastors here in the States and all over the world through the ministry of uttermost evangelism. Would you consider standing with us with a year-end gift? Your support helps continue kingdom growth. Make your tax-deductible donation at uttermostevangelism.org or send your gift to P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. Thanks in advance for your support. And thanks again for listening today. Join us again next time. And remember... Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those that come to God through him. God bless. Save to the Uttermost is provided by Uttermost Evangelism, Pontotoc, Mississippi.